We're going to talk more specifically now about the making of the atomic bomb. Basically, the atomic bomb is the harnessing of the energy released in nuclear fission to create an explosion. And in the early 1940s, American scientists wanted to harness this power before Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan. The Manhattan Project was born out of this effort. And in 1942, at the University of Chicago, a group of scientists led by Enrico Fermi created the first controlled, self-sustaining nuclear chain reaction. Where did they do it? Under the stands of the football field. Well, because I know in that, that, that famous photograph of the people yeah. at the University of Chicago. Mm-hmm. This is a 1986 interview with Leona Marshall Libby, who was a 23-year-old grad student on Fermi's team. She was responsible for creating neutron counters that would determine if they had achieved a nuclear reaction. Well, were there any, this this is kind of a digression, I suppose, but I I was just curious if you had any particular, if anybody took note of the fact you were a woman, did you have any problems or, I mean, or were you treated differently (laughs) or not? I know you mentioned that there was, you had your separate restroom with Hanford, I guess. But, yeah, um, wasn't that fun? That was fun. Oh, I'm going to make one phone call. Okay. Excuse me. I'll turn this off. Leona Marshall Libby may have been the only woman present on that historic day, but many women were involved in the Manhattan Project. That's because most male scientists had already been recruited to work on radar and sonar research. So they were left with European emigres and women. That's historian Ruth Howes. I sat down with her to listen to the interview tapes. And the European emigres, fortunately, were people like Enrico Fermi and Leo Zillard, who were absolutely super scientists. We have some tape here from Kathleen Maxwell, uh, and she was the only woman scientist in her whole division uh, located in New Jersey. Uh, And she talks about her time working on the Manhattan Project. But let's take a listen to this. So with you and everyone you worked with, there was a real sense of uh, urgency to get the job done. And extreme. If you started working on something, you worked until you uh, until it was finished. You, my four thirty didn't mean anything, or five to five o'clock. You'd work till you retired, or you had to hit a point of stopping and then start the next day. But you went. You, you stuck with what was what you were working on, and you didn't. Uh, you worked weekends. Weekends didn't mean a thing. You worked at whatever you were doing that seemed to be where you knew what you had to do next. <laughs> Did anyone ever explain why you were work why you were working on this, or is it all sort of? Keep your head down and just work on, do what you're told. It's neither. We knew what we were working on. We knew how important it was. And there was no question about what came first. So, Ruth, what do you make about those working conditions in ours? They were generally widespread on the project. There is a great story about physicist Diz Graves, who is at Los Alamos, and she finished an experiment while timing labor contractions on a stopwatch. (laughs) So most of them hid their pregnancy and went right on with the job. 
And I can tell you for a fact that as late as 1969, there were no rules about having to leave radiation work for pregnancy. Today, we know a lot more about the health risks of radiation than we did then. What was known and and were these workers, men and women, uh, concerned about working with radioactive materials? Not particularly. The best, the best story I've got along these lines is Diz Graves, who was pregnant at the time of the Trinity test. And because nobody was sure exactly what Trinity, the explosives at Trinity would do, um, Diz Graves and her husband were sent to Carrizozo, New Mexico, to monitor the fallout from the blast. Kind of from the uh, uh, frying pan to the fire in terms of safety, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Yes, I certainly would. (laughs) I don't think anybody was very concerned. Now, um, you are a physicist. I want you to listen to this next tape uh, from Isabella Carl, and she's talking about her scientific contributions. And there were, of course, no rules. This is a new element. Its chemistry was unknown. That was part of our (laughs) objective to find out how it behaves with other chemicals and how to uh, synthesize a a new compound containing plutonium that was only plutonium chloride in my case, uh, with no impurities. I could see why they selected me, well, selected that project for me because in graduate school, although I was working on other uh, problems, I was familiar with vacuum lines. Vacuum lines were quite uh, a new thing in science. I was familiar on how to measure uh, very low pressures in vacuum lines. how to blow glass, to put the glass tubes together, put stopcocks in, how to cool (laughs) or heat. (laughs) In other words, uh, I had that background in getting my PhD. This was all very new at that time in in the history of science. Ruth? Uh, It's very interesting. It's it's typical of the work that was done on the project. People didn't know anything (laughs) about uranium or plutonium. (laughs) For example, they discovered that you can't make a gun-type bomb out of plutonium because it pre-detonates and you get a giant fizzle. So you needed to implode a sphere of plutonium, and that meant shaped charges. Nobody knew anything about shaped charges, so they had to learn real fast. All right, one last clip, Ruth. I want to play. We started the segment with a tape of Leona Marshall Libby. Uh, The interviewer uh, in this exchange mentions Hanford, and and that, of course, was one of the sites in the Manhattan Project, one charged with um, refining making plutonium, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, take a listen to this. Since you were involved at Hanford, which made the plutonium for the 
Nagasaki bomb. I have been asking people if they, if at the time or now, that there's, uh, they have a feeling that that second bomb was necessary to end the war. What's your feeling on that? Or do you recall what you felt then? I certainly do. Um, my brother-in-law was running, was a captain of a the the first uh, bombs minesweeper scheduled into Sasebo Harbor. Mm-hmm. My brother was a <coughs> marine um, was a flamethrower on uh, <coughs> Okinawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a desperate time. I think we <coughs> we did right, and we couldn't have done differently. <coughs> In hindsight, some historians have suggested that maybe the second bomb wasn't necessary. Yeah, I know. But I mm-hmm. the guys are crying on shelters. Yeah, I. But I. They also usually will say that there no one knows for sure either. Is it? That's no. at this late date. Um, when you're in a war, to the death, I don't think you stand around and say, is it right? Mm-hmm. Do you find that attitude uh, towards even dropping the second bomb on Nagasaki when many historians have argued Japan was literally in the process of uh, surrendering or close to it, uh, do you find that to be characteristic? of the women who worked uh, on the Manhattan Project. Yes, very. Uh, Most of them, you ask them if they regretted working on the bomb during World War II, and most of them will tell you, no, it was all I could do to support the war effort. My husband slash fiancé slash brother, (laughs) you fill in the blanks, was overseas fighting. And you have to remember that VE Day came before the bomb was ready. Sure. And, and so uh, the effort was then to get the bomb ready to drop on Japan. Ruth, how did you get interested in this topic in the first place? We met a couple of women who'd worked on the Manhattan Project at American Physical Society meetings and decided we'd found the only research one could do at a cocktail party. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did that. And just kept finding women. Um, we found 300 before we were through. That's a lot of cocktails, Ruth. Yes. Well, I mean, what can I say? Ruth Howells is Professor Emerita of Physics and Astronomy at Ball State University. She's the co-author of Their Day in the Sun, Women of the Manhattan Project. <laughs> 